0: Welcome to Knock On Podcast, where we bring you archery information and education that you can trust. Knock On was created as a way to bring all archers together, regardless of the brand you choose or the style of archery you shoot. Knock On Podcasting will deliver professional insights to the latest gear, proper shooting technique, along with high level equipment setup and tuning. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to another Knock On Podcast. Uh, This is Dudley, coming at you live from the uh, Knock On Studios, which is actually just my desk and a laptop and a microphone, so uh, pretty high tech right here, but still I'm going to give you guys all the information that I possibly can and uh, hopefully make you better archers. But um, Today, I actually just got done setting up um, the bow that I'm going to use for this hunting season. I did a cool little... Uh, campaign on the social media sites, uh, which should I shoot? And I let you guys decide which bow I was going to build for myself for my fall hunting season. And uh, I was trying to decide between the Hoyt Factor and the Hoyt Carbon Spider. And uh, it was pretty pretty aggressively lean towards the carbon spider so thanks everybody for picking that one and uh, I set that bow up and and I just posted um, an uncut unfiltered video of me uh, making about 120 yard shot uh, with that bow after I had um, sighted it in quick uh, sighted it in last night built it last night and then got up early in the morning since there was good sunlight and not a lot of wind and um, rubbed the rubbed the dust out of my eyes and launched a bomb for you guys to see which bow I had went with. So I appreciate that, everybody, for taking part. That was kind of fun. I was uh, curious to see what all you guys thought. But I also wanted to use this time to give you guys a rundown of exactly Um, what I do when I build my hunting bows, um, it's pretty much the same as what I do with my target bows. To be honest with you, my hunting bows are, are just a, um, toned down version of my target bow. Really the main difference is going to be obviously the arrow that I pick is going to be more of a hunting arrow versus uh, a target arrow. This time I went with the Easton axis infused axis um, and I went with a 260 spine they're making right now they're making a 260 spine which this is going to be the perfect arrow for any of you guys out there that have really long draw lengths or guys that need to shoot higher poundage Um, it's been really hard to try to find um, a spined arrow that's stiff enough for long draw guys or guys that want to shoot heavier weight and since I've got some big game hunts on the menu for this fall Um, I went ahead and and decided to shoot that Hoyt Carbon Spider at 80 pounds. Um, It's actually 79.5 pounds. The reason I want to shoot a little bit heavier weight is what I found is, um, one, that Z5 cam is extremely easy to pull. It's super efficient, and, uh, you know, honestly, pulling... Uh, 79 pounds or 80 pounds with that bow isn't much different than probably four years ago trying to pull a bow at 72 or 73 pounds. It's got about six or seven pounds more efficiency when it comes to just the ease of drawing it back. Um, but it also allows me to shoot a very, very heavy arrow. Um, I'm actually shooting a slightly heavier arrow than what I've shot in the past. This 260 spine axis um, it's got a small diameter, so it's going to be great in the wind, but it's also got a tremendous amount of mass weight. It's almost 520 grains, and uh, I was shooting that um, in the mid-280s for speed, so when I calculated out the kinetic energy on this hunting arrow, um, the kinetic energy is just over 90 foot-pounds, so this this is a wrecking ball coming in. Um, I'm shooting the AAE uh, 260 Elite knock-on vein on this with uh, the Sox Arrow Wraps, um, and I got it tipped with 50 grains of brass, the Easton Hit brass insert, and then also um, a 100-grain Ulmer Edge. My plan is to also you know see how it shoots as well with the Shuttle T-Lock uh, Black Ops in a 100-grain broadhead. Typically, um, if everything's set up right, a lot of times you know, my fixed blade heads will shoot pretty close. So if I do decide to take my fixed blades on a hunt, it's just a matter of moving my sight a little bit right or left normally. Um, and that's what I'm expecting with this too. And the main reason is because I really believe that once you start getting over that 280 feet per second, you really start to magnify any type of tuning issues that you have. So for me, I like to keep my speed always in that two eighty area, and because of that, I am able to. I am able to do a couple things. One, I am able to shoot multiple type of broadheads with, you know, a medium sized vein, um, you know, with good accuracy and and not a lot of variance between them all. But also, um, I've got a Sherlock Lethal weapon that I've had for a long, long time, and. Honestly, my pin gaps, because I always have my, um, you know, my draw length's always the same, the distance from my peep sight to my front of my sight's always the same because it's the same sight, as long as my bow's shooting around 280 to, you know, anywhere from 282 to 287 for speed, um, my pin gaps up to 50 yards are virtually the same. So I can literally put that sight on, move the whole sight housing up or down to get my 20 yard mark. And from there, uh, 20, 30, 40, 50 are all pretty much dead on. And then I'll have to, you know, maybe make some slight modifications if I'm varying four or five feet per second for those longer shots. But, um, I went ahead and built this one. Um, we put a SmackDown Pro rest on it. Um, and then we tied that right off the lower limb using, they've actually got a new attachment system that uh, has two little plastic pieces that attach to the limb that you pull that cable through. Um, In the past, they weren't making something like that. Um, They had like a clamp system. And because of the alpha or um, the air shocks on the, on the Hoyts, the newer Hoyts, you know, you don't, you couldn't put those type of brackets on there. So um, this new system worked really good. I got to give credit to uh, to the knock on editor Antoine for putting that rest on for me. Um, I was taking some calls yesterday, so put him in charge of that. He's actually um, sitting here behind me, so I don't know what he's doing. I can't turn around, but uh, Antoine and I are gonna uh, embark on a on a hunt together here soon. So setting up this bow was all part of it. I strung the bow up with some winner's choice, uh, strings and cables. I've been shooting winner's choice for years and years and years. And, um, you know, I, I always go with the all flow green, uh, strings and cables, they stick out. And, uh, you know, after a few shots peeps were settled, cables were settled and, and I didn't have to monkey around with my strings or cables, So, um, and I know too that, uh, Winner's Choice actually launched a new website not too long ago for all you out there who are, um, foreign shooters or outside of the U S um, I think they have a flat rate shipping cost to ship anywhere in the world. So if you're looking for a great custom string and cable, which I highly, highly recommend for anybody, I mean the best investment you can make on a new bow or especially a bow that's got some worn out strings and cables is buying good ones because you know these threads are what holds your whole system together and you know there's no point in spending countless hours getting a bow shooting dynamite to then have it move a half a day later so you know make an investment buy good strings and cables when you do that's a super important thing that you should always consider doing um, I guess from there, I'm just thinking back at my setup for my release. I'm shooting the Carter uh, Two Simple or the Carter Simple One, just depending on which one I have in my pocket. Um, all of them are, you know, work equally awesome. Uh, I just really, really like the Carters. I've used them for so long, and they're definitely, um, they're definitely just a release that doesn't cut any corners it's the best machining there is without a doubt so um, that's what i'm shooting you know hoyt carbon spider it's the 34 80 pounds 31 inch draw um east and axis i'm shooting a 260 spine with the 50 grain brass 100 grain ulmer edge or a black ops shuttle t i'm going to shoot a nocturnal lighted knock um again that arrow totally built at my draw, you know, for my length is about 519 520 grains. Um and like I said it's shooting about 90 foot pounds of kinetic energy. Um I guess uh from there that's about it for my bow setup. Uh, just love how this thing's shooting. Um we I posted a, a shot that I made this morning. You can check it out on the Facebook page, or you can go to the Knock On TV or Knock On Archery YouTube page, um, or you could just do a search. I think it's like John Dudley Hoyt Spider. Which do I shoot? You could search for that if you want to see that shot. But um, another thing I wanted to remind you guys of is, you know, everything that. I pick and that I experiment with and I shoot, Um, I've got a pretty cool system set up with the guys at Lancaster Archery. So anytime I get new products or I try something that I really like, whether it's a string material or a bow or veins or an arrow shaft, a stabilizer, really anything, a sight, some type of bracket. I mean, Anything at all, if I try something, deer call, you know, a deer call, a peep sight, no matter what it is, if I try something and I really like it, um, Lancaster Archery has set up a, a pro picks page for me. Um, so when you go to LancasterArchery.com, right there on the front, the main page, you're always going to see um, some of the pro staff guys. Uh, you know, you can you can either select my face... Um, You know, sometimes it's on the front, sometimes it's not. It rotates, but you can, um, if it's not one of the three faces that are on the front, you can just see, uh, select See All Pro Picks, and then go ahead and click on My Face. And then that's gonna show you all the products, anything that I'm trying. As soon as I try something and I really like it, I'll just send them that, and they'll put it on my Pro Picks page. Otherwise, the link, the direct link, Uh, if you guys want to write this down, would be www.LancasterArchery.com forward slash pro dash picks forward slash john dash dudley dot html. That's the direct link, but you can click on there. It'll show you every single product that I like that I'm using, that I, anything, well, anything I buy from Lancaster Archery automatically goes in there. If I buy a weight, if I buy a riser, if I buy a broadhead, it doesn't matter. Anything that I buy automatically lets all of you people out there see exactly what it is that I like. Stickers, knocks, quivers, it doesn't matter. Everything I buy, I, I get it from Lancaster anyway, just so all you know, I've use Lancaster archery for probably 15 to 20 years now. Um, and this is a really cool system because I constantly get asked by you guys, uh, about that. And another question I actually have that I know is coming up later is, um, for you Canadians out there that are wondering, uh, how can you get some of the stuff, you know, especially there's a lot of questions about guys wanting knock on gear, knock on clothes, because it's kind of, um, a little bit of a pain for us to ship to Canada, um, one or two shirts at a time or, you know, a couple hats or whatever. So Lancaster will ship anywhere in the world. So, um, if, if you need one of those, um, you can definitely use that if you're in Europe, then uh, jvd uh, JVD distribution now has knock on archery um, items as well so you, if you're in Europe you can have any of your dealers request directly from JVD to get any of the product and there you go you can have it so um, that's that the next thing is um, since I'm on that subject that that question it actually came from Cody I think it's Gould. Um, he had asked about how he could get some product up in Canada, but the, he also asked. Um, he said that he's um, that he hasn't touched a bow in 14 years, and he's getting back into archery, um, and he plans on you know trying to bow hunt first. and Was wondering if there's any tips um, just to ensure that he's got proper form, um, and because he doesn't have anyone to show him the correct way. And this is actually a question that I've been getting a lot from people. Um, It seems a lot of guys just don't have the resources to get good information, good help, good coaching, Um, and, you know, there's going to be some, definitely some areas that I can help you with on that. Um, There's a pretty cool project coming up um, relating, uh, you know, coaching that I can't, I'm not going to talk about it right now, but I will talk about later that I'm going to be involved in. Um, pretty exciting stuff. It's going to be great for you guys out there. Um, but for me, you know, I was self-taught with a lot of things. You know, a lot of the reason why I have some decent knowledge for the archery community is simply because I think I probably have done more things wrong than I did do right, and I learned from those mistakes. And, uh, you know, feel like I became a, a good archer because of learning from those mistakes. And the best thing for you to do is, uh, especially if you don't have anything around, you know, that's a big reason why I have all my articles free on DudleyArchery.info or on KnockOnTV.com. And you have, once you're on those websites, you click on the articles uh, tab on the website and that'll give you access to hundreds of articles that are really based around information and giving you means of, of learning this stuff. And, you know, there's several on there in relation to shooting form. Um, you know, these are great for people. You know, a lot of people um, constantly have their iPads and stuff. This is a great thing. You can open up the PDF, um, go ahead and, you know, read those things on your iPads while you're at home, while you're sitting around, and uh, you're going to learn a lot. But for me, when it comes to getting back into archery, what's going to be most important is to make sure that someone fits you properly for your bow. This is a pretty um, common mistake that a lot of people make, is not really going out and getting fit perfectly. Um, You really want to make sure that when you're standing with your feet under your hips and your hips directly under your shoulders so you're not leaning to or from. Um, You know, if you pick your arms straight up towards your side and then bend your release hand in towards your face, you're pretty much creating a T formation. And that T formation is the basis to archery. I mean, that is the foundation. If you change that T, then you start to change a lot of other things. You um, You start to not utilize your natural bone structure And instead start to utilize, you know, muscle to help you maintain certain types of archery forms or techniques. And the bottom line is muscle fatigues and muscle changes. And I like to utilize my bone structure for a lot of my alignment. And having a T formation really helps ensure that. I talked a lot about that on one of the earlier podcasts. One of the first ones, maybe between 9 and 11, I can't remember, but it was the first podcast that I had done with James Park. We talked a lot about structure. And this is going to be critical. You want to make sure that you have that T formation, and you're also going to want to make sure that when you get your bow, you want to make sure that bow's draw length fits that that uh, formation and foundation as well. And what I look for is... When you have a bow at full draw in your hands and you're anchored properly, you want to have the string come to you know pretty much stop just behind the corner of the mouth. You want the you want to be able to feel that string going up towards your nose. You want to be able to feel that string in the corner of your mouth. You want the string to touch the tip of your nose when your head is in a straight up and down position, so that you can properly look directly through your peep sight. You know, as archers, we actually have a lot more reference points than even a rifle shooter would have because when we're at full draw and our bow is fit properly, we'll have the references we should have is our anchor position, the string on the corner of our mouth, the string at the tip of our nose, and then obviously our eye looking directly through our peep sight. So it's not like a gun where you just have a front and rear sight or looking directly through the reticle of a scope. You actually have several reference points and if you make sure that on each and every shot those reference points are happening then obviously you're going to be a lot more consistent and you know you're going to have a lot better accuracy with your arrows. Now um, another thing is you know sometimes it's worth doing a little bit of research on the type of archery shops you go to. You know, there's there's unfortunately some archery shops that don't have as good of knowledge and as good of training with their staff as some of the better ones. Um, there's also ones that are notorious. They're great shops. They have a lot of tradition behind them. They've been there a long time. You know, they know archery. I mean, these are the shops... That you know you know you see in the magazines you know about, I mean you know, without missing you know hopefully I don't miss anybody that calls me, but you know there's shops like uh I'll just start on the East Coast, you know, you look at like Addington's archery, you know, Frank Addington, his family, you know had a shop, great people, they know archery, they lived archery, Lancaster archery in Pennsylvania, you know you you kind of keep, uh, you know, keep heading to the west. You know, there's there's a great shop in Illinois, Zimmerman. Tim Zimmerman's got a shop, and, you know, I kind of forgot what he called it, but he's he's over, uh, you know, in, in, in north-central Illinois. And these are people that are shooters, you know. You go west, you look at, like, you know, Wayne Endicott out on the west coast. You know, these are guys that have notoriously built – great shops you know I've got uh, I know I'm missing a ton of them but you know every state has several shops that are awesome archery shops they specialize in really setting people up the right way they know their stuff they know their tuning and if you do some research and really ask around and see who's happy with You know, where did you get your bow set up? Were they good? And a lot of times when you get a good person, they're going to say they were awesome. And you know what? If it's an extra hour drive for you to find that shop, or maybe even if it's a two-hour drive, go ahead and call them ahead of time. Tell them how far you're coming. Say, listen, I want to be set up right. I've done research. Can you dedicate some time to me? And I think you're going to really, really um, see benefit from making that type of investment in going to that type of shop that really specializes um, in treating people the right way. There's a lot of great shops out there. Sometimes they're the small ones, you know, sometimes they're the ones that maybe can't totally uh, have a huge storefront, but it's it might be a guy just like myself that just. You know, shoots professionally, knows archery, knows all the latest trends, doesn't really have a storefront, does it for some people on the side. You know, sometimes it is that business, but you really don't know until you ask. And the other thing is, look at the shooting form on the person that you did ask. I mean, obviously, if if you're looking at them and you see them leaning back and it looks like their bow's too long on their face and it doesn't look like they really have true shooting form then maybe that's not the place to go. So, you know, do a little bit of research, Cody, and I think you're going to be a lot happier with getting set up and getting back into bow hunting and, you know, I guess I want to be the first to say welcome back, dude. It's uh it's fun. You got to get back into it. You've missed out. So, um the next thing I want to talk about here is I want to talk a little bit about uh, vein options. Uh, a lot of people are asking me questions here, especially now that we're closer to hunting season about veins. Um, you know, we offer, I've got several veins on the Knock On Archery website, veins that I personally shoot. Um, and they really are the, really the three main veins that, uh, I shoot, um, the one I probably shoot the most is the is the AAE Elite 260. That vein is just a really good in between vein that allows me to shoot, um, you know, slightly higher speeds. It allows me to shoot um, different types of broadheads with no tuning issues, um, and you know, and they stick on as easy as it comes. I mean, you know, an, an AAE elite vein is the easiest sticking vein there is no doubt about it. Um, but you know, I also really like the max hunters. If there's applications where I want to shoot a short, high profile vein, then the max hunter is definitely the way to go. Um, I actually, um, worked with those guys to make, um, an exclusive all flow green, um, Quick fletch. That's in the Max Hunter. Uh, those are also at knockonarchery.com. They're on Lancat. They're at Lancaster as well. But um, these are just for real for people that don't have fletching jigs. They work great. Um, I actually considered um, making six of my arrows with those and six of my arrows with the two sixties just to maybe do a little bit of. Um, video to show you guys the difference between the two with some different broadheads and I may still do that um, but the quick fletches are awesome to take on a hunt. I mean there's no doubt about it. you go on a hunt and deal with crappy weather or something or you know guys in camp are all shooting at the same target you wreck a couple veins or you know you have your your bow in the back of someone's truck and you know you get a bunch of veins wrecked or something it sure is convenient to be able to have a Little ziplock bag with you know four or six uh, quick fletches in there that you can just you know boil some water at camp and dip those babies in there and you're ready to go. So those are really um, the main ones that I like to have. Now, when it comes to target archery, um, I really like um, the 187 to the 2.0 shield cut style veins. Um, I also have that same vein as well on the websites um, in a knock-on version. It's an AAA vein. I think it's the PM 2.0. It's a great little vein. I've shot that for years and years. Um, The majority of my medals and championships that I won uh, with my FETA setups were always with that 187 shield cut veins. Back when I shot 3D, Um, the little 1.5 AAE vein is what I won virtually every 3d, you know, title that I have was with that vein for sure. Um, and then I guess for indoor, um, the last several years, I've been shooting the four inch AAE vein. Um, I also at times have shot the four inch feathers, um, but they don't really travel well. You know, you kind of always have to be careful with them. They don't travel the best. And, uh, you know, to be honest with you as a shooter, if you're covering a lot of miles, sometimes having those feathers are a little bit more of a pain in the butt, especially if you don't have time to put them on. Um, to be honest with you, uh, feathers do take a considerable amount of time to put on compared to an AAE product that's seconds, you know, um, I like to be able to fletch a dozen arrows in minutes rather than multiple hours. So that's really my preference there. The last thing that I want to talk about on this podcast. And I think this could very well be one of the most important topics. That I've talked about during these podcasts. And the topic that I that I personally want to talk to all you guys about is about staff shooter, um, becoming a staff shooter, becoming a pro shooter, um, getting your foot into, you know, the world of, you know, professional archery, or, you know, even even getting into TV stuff. Um, You know, this is something that I've dealt with a long, long time. Just to give you guys a background, um, I actually shot my first tournament, uh Target Archery Tournament. Um I think it was, you know, well, it was more than twenty years ago now. I was driving down the road. I was a football player at the time. Um I know that I was committed to going to college to play football and I saw a sign on the side of the road that said Archery. So I had my I actually had my bow hunting stuff in my truck, so I pulled over and I, and I decided to shoot and this was the first ever like organized 3d shoot that I had saw and you know I was a bow hunter before that I could I definitely thought I could shoot pretty good um, but after about 10 or 12 targets I was completely out of arrows I had, I would lost them all and to be honest with you, that was the first time as a person that I had felt so defeated. Um, you know I, I made it a mission to make sure that I learned. Uh, how to shoot archery better, and that was really what kicked off um, my whole, um, I guess, career in archery was that tournament where I lost every arrow I had. Um, I remember seeing some guys in front of me and a target in front of me that were shooting, and they were really good. Um, They were awesome, and I was, you know, they had colored bows and and I mean, I was like, "What? You know, I didn't even know that world existed." But I remember seeing on the back of their shirt, um, you know, it said "Gat Guns," and uh, this was in Illinois, by the way. So the next day, I looked up uh, this Gat Guns, and it was in uh, Elgin or Dundee, Illinois, and I went there. And I said, oh, I saw some guys shooting from here. They were really good. And he said, yeah, those are some of my staff shooters. And, um, you know, one of the staff shooters, his name was Mike West. And um, I ended up going in there. He happened to be in the range shooting. So, you know, like any kid, I just kind of stared at him uh, probably uncomfortably for a while before I finally built up the nerve to start asking him some questions on you know well why do you shoot that short feather and and all this stuff? well he was extremely helpful uh I ended up deciding to to work for that archery shop um got really involved with shooting uh loved shooting and just started shooting target archery ended up deciding to um leave my Opportunity to play college sports to work for Gat Guns for four dollars and twenty five cents an hour, and uh, needless to say, my parents weren't very happy about that. But I loved archery, and uh, and that archery shop and what I learned in there um, was everything. And I know that back at the day, you know, by the time I had left Gats, I could easily, um, I could easily take. 15 different bows take them all apart, put them in a big brown paper sack, shake all the parts up, roll them on the floor and put all the bows together um, I I was taught by a guy named Mike Donovan who was one of the early archery tech pioneers um, and he was the type of guy that I was talking about earlier in the podcast the type of guy that everyone knew that he really knew how to work on bows he was close friends with people like Pete Shepley and, and Randy Walk from Hoyt and you know these guys were all friends back then and and this is the guy that taught me how to work on bows and it was there that I met uh, Burley Hall and also Jeff Mcnail who at the time had just started working for beam and archery And, uh, you know, obviously I'm a guy in a shop, I'm behind the counter and, you know, they, they say, well, do you want to shoot, you know, do you want to be on staff? And, and at the time that staff position was nothing more than a patch that said staff shooter. I still bought all my gear. I still, uh, you know, had to buy my bows, but I was technically staff and it all stemmed because I was loyal to my local shop. And that's, the first key to becoming a staff shooter, or especially if you're trying to get on staff with companies, the bottom line is the people that sell bows for archery companies are archery shops. And when it comes to selecting, you know, who their talent or who their staff shooters or who their representatives are going to be, I can tell you right now. That the first thing I would do as a sales rep would be to call that local shop and say, Do you know this guy? How is he for archery? You know, is there drama around him? Those are the things that you ask. And I can tell you that as soon as you find a guy that the archery just shop says, This is a great guy. He does a lot for our sales. He's good for archery. He promotes our store then I can tell you it's a no-brainer. Those are the type of people that, you know, sales reps and archery companies want on board. Um, You know, I worked with, at the time, you know, the biggest shooting staff in the world. Um, When I worked for Matthews, for those nine and a half years, you know, I worked with a lot of contracts, um, talked with, you know, Derek and myself worked close together, Um, I knew a lot about what was going on in the shooting staff side of things and I know what what put bad tastes in our mouth and I and I know what type of shooters um, I would always do anything for and it was the guys that were loyal the guys that just because another archery company might offer them another you know hundred bucks or might offer them you know, one more bow, you know, still, if you've put five or ten years in with the company and you've built relationships, is it really worth it? You know, it seems like for me, everything comes down to loyalty. You know, there's been a few times in my career that I've changed brands. It's been because of things that I really, might not have had control on or the fact that the companies and myself have just completely decided to change directions and how they want to promote and those types of things are going to happen but this industry is incredibly small i mean if someone burns a bridge the people that are behind all these doors in this industry know about it and you know People jumping from one company to the next, or always going to a company with your hand out—you um, know, it—it it really isn't the best way to start out. If you want to learn to become a pro staffer, a pro shooter, if you want to be a professional hunter, if you want to be a successful TV host, the bottom line is you've got to start. At the grassroots of archery, you start with the archery shops. You build a relationship with your dealers. You help that dealer. You help them with their sales. You build a relationship there first. And then you let them help create relationships with manufacturers. And then you work on building loyalty with the manufacturer Until they then introduce you to a staff position, which at that point, you work on the relationship of your staff position with loyalty, and you're going to be amazed at how many doors not only open, but stay open. You know, I can honestly tell you that as a shooter, I turn down, when I walk through the ATA show, I tell more people no each year than... I ever say yes to simply because I know that I've got people that have supported me and the relationships, my friendships are a lot of times worth more than a dollar amount and there's also times where some companies have conflicting brands or conflicts in my opinion conflicts of interest and as much as i would like to justify that just to get something else for free or get on a different staff if i feel that it's not going to help my relationship with someone that i've already been loyalty to loyal to then i just have to step away from it you know i think that if more shooters would look at things as if you know, it's not about you're a great shooter and what can you do for me. You need to look at things as what can I do for you? Because the bottom line is you got to remember, I can tell you that I manage the shooting staff still for several manufacturers right now. And it's amazing to me how many emails and letters that I get every day for people with their handouts. They don't start out by saying, this is how loyal I've been to your brand, this is how long I've used your product, this is what I feel like I can do from you. Everything starts out as, hey, I'm gonna be shooting pro, what can you give me? Or and I and honestly, I'm amazed at the amount of emails that I get that, you know, some of the companies I work for, they have multiple brands. You know, some make a site. Um, some make broadheads. Some make both. And another company that I, that I work for sometimes have the same thing. Now, do I personally represent the entire line? No, I don't because that would be a conflict of interest. However, um, I can tell you that there's days where I'll get the same exact email to multiple companies with the same product that's from the same guy. And all they do is remove the name you know of one company and put the next company in and it's the same letter. Hey, I really like your products. I'm wondering if there's anything you can do for me. And that's, you know, I've shot your products a long time. Well, if I get that same thing for two different site companies and it's saying the exact same thing, then right away you're you're going on the no-way list because it's obvious that you're not loyal to any brand. So, before you Contact another manufacturer and try to get on staff. Uh, just maybe take my advice with this. Um, this is something that I think is critical to our industry. You know, there's a lot of people in our industry right now with their with their hands out, and the bottom line is, you know, do I get stuff for free? Yeah, I certainly do. You know, there's there are companies that I get things for free from. But I can also tell you there's products out there that I buy. It's products that I like. It's not a product that I feel like I can be on a staff with a company for simply because I don't feel like I can do a good enough job fully representing them to the point where I'm worth more to them than what they are giving me. So I buy it. you know. But there are companies where I do get stuff for free, but I'll also tell you that there are companies that I've been with For over a decade, you know, I've been shooting Carter releases since, you know, 1999, you know, 15 years I've been shooting Carter releases. You know, Sherlock, same thing, you know, I got my first Sherlock in 1998, and I stay loyal to the brand. And, you know, the company has changed hands several times, but to me, it's still a brand that helped me Win championships. It's a brand that I trusted, and it's a brand that I'm staying with. You know, every single company that I represent, you know, I can tell you it's something that I believe in, and it's something that I've worked hard at building a relationship with, and building a trust factor with, and and working with people that I truly like. And that's what you have to do. You have to look at yourself as what can you do to help better that company, and also at the end of the year, when they look at you versus what they gave you, can they honestly say, this is a good deal. They sold way more product than we ever gave them because really that's the bottom line is how do you affect the image of the company as well as the sales of the product. So next time you shoot a world record buck, or next time you uh, you know maybe win your first shoot, you know keep that in mind. Instead of uh, sending a letter to the company saying, "Hey, I shot this world record. What are you going to do for me?" or "I won a tournament. What are you going to do for me?" It might be a lot better off for you to start a letter off by saying, "Thanks. I've used your product, and because you made a great product." I finally won my first tournament and I wanted to say thanks and I'm going to continue to try to grow with Hoyt or whoever you're talking with. And I'll tell you guys that that is going to go a lot further with all these manufacturers than trying to just go with your hand out each and every time. But uh, I want to say thanks to all you guys for listening to another knock on podcast Um, I think there are some great subjects today. I'm definitely looking forward to this hunting season coming up. And uh, I think all you guys and gals out there are going to enjoy an awesome fall because the weather looks nice. we got green grass, at least here in Iowa. There's no wind today. And it's a perfect, perfect day to shoot archery. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. And make sure you spread the word and uh, click the share button and let people know that there's a new podcast out for everybody. Thanks a lot, guys. Be sure to visit knockonarchery.com to see our entire line of trendy knock-on lifestyle clothing. Knockonarchery.com.